you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I, I would get hungry. So at halftime, you come in and you see all the inactive guys. They're over there stuffing their face with the the, the hot dogs. You don't want to get in trouble. I, and so I was like, man, I'm starving. Like, you know, I would have the equipment guy go into the bathroom and he would, I would, I would hang out in the stall. I wasn't eating in stall. I was doing business, in the bathroom. But he would hand me one underneath it and I would just, and I would quick okay, eat a hot that's dog. That's different. He gave me like a mustard pack one time. I spilled mustard on my jersey. So <laughs> I came out of the stall and Chris Palmer was washing his hands. He had just got done. He looks over and I would come out and I got mustard all over my jersey. And he's looking at me, he's shaking his head. And I'm like, oh, I'm definitely getting cut tomorrow. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. I hope all's well wherever you are here in Studio 66. All good vibes all the way around and an air of anticipation. And we'll get to that in just a second. Very quickly, let me just say, by the way, that was uh, Browns, le- two Browns legends voices that you just heard <laughs> alongside of mine. Willie McGinnis, of course, and Sean O'Hara telling his uh, famous, famous at least to the Dave Damashek football program listeners, um, the tale of uh, the time he got mustard while eating a wiener in a stall during, okay. halfway through a football game. I, I knew you were going to go there. You I wasn't going anywhere. Emma VP. Emma VP did ate that. a wiener in the locker I mean, do you uh, call it a hot I, dog or I, a I, uh, it's, it's a sausage. Okay. You can't say that either. You can't say sausage in the locker room. It, it was a hot dog at halftime. You're looking very nice and tan, Sean O'Hare. I'll introduce you in a second. Uh, a, a call to action They they uh, is what this is called. Go to podcastawards.com, podcastawards.com, and nominate the Dave Damashek football program in the sports category. Simple and free to do, podcastawards.com. I would love to think. How many people do we need to get to do that? I don't know. That's a good question. Am I the only one that seems like he's struggling to read that? Why? I'm trying to articulate myself. I Clearly. I'm saying it slowly so that you can hear my words. If I just said it, podcastawards.com, you won't get it. But it just podcast seems like you awards. were struggling to read the read. Yeah, hey, hey, bub. Top wanna, to bottom, top to bottom, left to right. You want to do a reading comprehension quiz? Let's get Let's it on. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm, go, I'm all over that with the older kids right now. Me and the me and the eleven year old, nine year old. Yeah, well, now we're off for the summer, but that was that was a big focus for uh, for us was reading yeah. comprehension and, uh, and you know and how to apply that. Who's to, the best of the three of you? Right now, I'm definitely in the top two. Okay, I mean, you know, I'm not the worst, <laughs> which is always so my good. goal. That's a hey, plus. Good thing for that nine year old. Yeah, same thing for me. I, that was always the that was always the thing for me. It, you know, pie in the sky when it was time for pick up anything in the backyard. I always wished I would have been the first person chosen. Never was, but I'm at least mildly proud to say never picked last either. Okay, I'll, you know, maybe second to last. 
Relax. Playground yep. goals. Hashtag. Anyway, podcastawards.com. <laughs> Click listener nominations now at the top of the page. Sign up. Sports category and nominate the DDFP. Much obliged. And now that's just a little bit of business to a ceremony of sorts. First, let's say hello to the man seated in between the voice you keep hearing there, Sean O'Hara. He is uh, our resident Miami Dolphins fan. He is also from the United Kingdom, eager. Talk about anticipatory. He's very excited about, uh, what is it, the Three Lions? The, the game on Lions, Wednesday, yep. depending on when you're listening. His team could advance with a with a uh, brilliant 90. They could advance to the brilliant final. Brilliant 90, that's what they're looking for. That's what they call it, right? We need to go out there, lads, and have a brilliant 90. Out on the pitch. Um, here he is, everybody. It's Handsome Hank. Enough. That's enough. That's enough. You don't want to hear a big the... ceremony to get to. I know, but it's uh, that's uh, he's a British icon, and I thought in the in honor of your people no, no, having no, a w- big moment in sports right now, you might want to let it play. Through. That's kind, but I'm I'm excited. I'm I, I'm anticipating this ceremony a little bit more. All right, and then so also, if they get in, technically you would become Triple H. You would be happy, handsome Hank. That ah. is true. Yeah, I would be. I'm also heading back to the UK on. Thursday night. So if you're kidding, if they are in the final, I'll be in. Well, out of spite, England since you, for, since maybe they're the three lions. Uh, the players on the team are going to lose out of spite for you. So that's you turn possible. You're back yes. on their brand of football in favor of uh, American gridiron. The better brand of football. By the way, how was your July Fourth, handsome? I know you you standardly never celebrate it. I I pulled pull the blinds down like I do every year. You worked, um, lit a candle for for the brave redcoats, and uh, and got got back to work. Loyalty, yep. at least. At least uh, we got to give him points for loyalty. Mm-hmm. Now on to the other guy. Um, we, we know him as uh, one of uh, the great Browns uh, of, of our lives, at least. Also <laughs> toiled for the New York I, I, I Giants. Don't know, I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> I, I, I kind of... I don't know. I kind of shudder a little bit when you when you. When if you, you watch the Browns, Browns, not a lot to choose from, man. <laughs> like Willie McGinnis, absolutely. Okay, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, Hanford Dixon, Bernie Kosar, then oh, what? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's it. We're you out. Go, you want to go Biner. original dog pound for sure? You want you want to go? <laughs> or, you know, Ernest Biner, Kevin Mack, Ozzie Newsome, all those guys. Those yeah, you're guys somewhere in that mix. Minifield. Yeah. yeah. Reggie yeah. Rucker was good. He wore number thirty-three. Yeah, Reg, Webster Slaughter. And Reggie he just Langmore. wore the he, he just wore the double bar too as yeah. a wide receiver. That was courageous. Yeah, Don Strock had that one great game Brian for them Brennan. in the playoffs. Did you? Oh, here he is. So it's Sean O'Hare. What's the poop? <laughs> oh, there you are. We got to get you a theme song. What's what's your favorite style of music, O'Hare? Um, I'm I'm a little bit of a mutt when it comes to music. Uh, it kind of depends on what am I doing. Yeah. If I'm if I'm hanging out, do you have a theme song of some sort that uh, that we might song. be? People don't have themes. Well, what did you listen to in the locker room before the big game? I listened to um, trance. Rocky. Billy Joel. Rocky. Rocky, for real. I have the tiger. Is that true? You really yeah. did? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had the Rocky, I had the Rocky soundtracks. <laughs> what a nerd. Uh, I have the tiger. I loved, I, I loved, I mean, that was like workout video stuff and you know, workout. <laughs> um, I listened I to rock. Talking. I listened to, I listened to, you know, a lot of, you know, I mean, I had a, a I don't know, playlist, you know, I don't, I don't know if that was accurate then, but. Um, you know, I just, I kind of had different songs that I like to listen to leading up to the game and, you know, nothing too crazy, but, you know, I, I, I like, I like everything. I mean, I, I like old school hip hop. You know, I kind of, I was in college when, 
you know, Tupac and Biggie were going back and forth, and um, you know, I kind of I, I, I grew to appreciate all that. So you're more you're more East Coast though, right? In the uh, war, yeah, more. Well, I mean, I'm more East Coast because demographically that's where right. I was. But I you're felt toiling like, at Rutgers. You're a Scarlet Knight. Yeah, I mean, but the the West Coast stuff was was legit. I mean, I'm a big Dr. Dre fan, Snoop, um, Warren G. You know, I, I kind of let's do. I, I'm I'm, I'm thinking something. Emma VP is the head writer, so tri- ultimately she gets tribe. to make the call on this. But I'm gonna a tribe, it's a black sheep. Oh, I love tribe called Quest. Um, Emma VP, I, you get the final decision on this. But I'm thinking something from either Biggie or Snoop or Dre for Sean O'Hara's theme song. No doubt. Is that good? I'm, uh, I th- I'm thinking I the tiger. I think that might, that, that, might throw, <laughs> that might throw people off. Um, yeah, I mean, my favorite Rocky song is No Easy Way Out. He's so, I mean, eating a wiener. You you again, you can't uh, say that, Dave. Mustard stall. Do, do you just sit? Mustard stall. You, you're probably one of those guys that rewinds the hot dog eating contest. I you're actually it. like, oh, my gosh, he ate another wiener. No, but you know what? I'm glad you reminded me of that. We have 51 weeks or so until the next one. I say it every year. No one has. <laughs> taken me up on this yet i think if you want to win the psychological game oh harry you're a pro athlete you get that that's a a, a key element was right yeah. well okay yeah. all right i i maintain that's why i stay in shape because even though i'm i've retired from my connect four playing days i never know who knows when i might be forced back into action um I think that uh, the hot dog eating competitor who wants to win before the before the event even starts makes the savvy play, intimidates all of his. So, oh, before the first hot dog, please, can I get a large side of fries and a uh, vanilla shake? Right, you're here to eat for pleasure. What? I was just fixing for like some sort of a competition. This guy's working on a different level. That's right. Like, that's like running five miles before you run a marathon, mm-hmm. like that kind of mindset. I don't know if that's going to pay mean, off for you. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Not exactly. We'll see if it pays off for him. <laughs> I mean, anyway, or, or, hey, or, or just be like Lardass in in uh, you know Stand by Me and just chug a couple raw eggs and some and some castor oil, you know, and then then the joke's on everybody else. Right? right. Look who knows is Stand by Me. Mm, yeah, I brought the comb. Way to go, Vern. <laughs> Wow, handsome! Do you know that American I classic? I do. I love it. Coming so of age. Of, I mean, I haven't watched it in a long yeah. time, but it's uh, it's a great movie. All right, all that prelude, that little warm up chat is over with. Now to the main event, and then everything else after this will be anticlimactic as we delve into the world of pro football awesome. and the game of life as pro football kickoff 2018 draws ever closer. One thing we do have to do: some dark news for one of the 32 NFL teams out there. I am going to be announcing no playoffs for you for one of those teams. This will be our fourth team to make the dreaded list, Emma VP? Fourth team. Uh-oh. All right, we'll, we'll review the teams already on that list. But for now, it has been promised. There is no greater honor that I can I can uh, bestow upon anyone who shadows the Studio 66 door. It is now his turn. Browns legend, and like I say, also played for the New York Giants. You've done it, Sean O'Hara. Welcome to the DDFP. Wall of Fame! Wow. Oh, look at that. Oh, is that Steven mustard? Got mustard, mustard on it. <laughs> wow. I, look at that. Thank you. How nice. Uh, there's Je- there's James Jones. Yeah, James Jones. I mean, he's been here for two minutes. There's he's Ryan Jazier, the, the, the Shecky Award winner for yeah. our favorite football playing guest last year. And look who else is going to be thrilled. He's not here for the ceremony. Don't what? tell him. Don't ruin the surprise. Okay, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Willie, Willie McGinnis. <laughs> Another Browns jersey now no, hangs uh, on our wall. No mustard on his jersey, I see. But he wasn't eating wieners in yeah. stalls during stalls, games. Exactly. Exactly. No sausage for Willie. Do you want to make a speech? Um, as is the custom no, as I, of this very second. The custom is from now until the end of time is you don't thank anybody. You have to call out people who didn't believe in you along the way. Um, Coach, call teacher, ex-girlfriend, yeah, well, I mean, parent. There's plenty of people to call out. I didn't get a scholarship right out of, out of high school. So all all Division One schools, with the exception of Rutgers. Actually, shame Rutgers, on you. Right. Shame on you. Right. Undrafted, so all 32 teams. All 32 Shame teams. on all Shame seven times on over. all your homes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, the one thing I will say is how, you know, I don't know how Shazir feels about being in between two Browns, but you've got him sandwiched in there. It's kind of it's it, it's sort of disruptive. You yeah. know, that's that's what the Steelers yeah. do. They disrupt the dreams. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, thank you for the love. It's uh, it's not often offensive linemen get their jerseys up on on any kind of wall get to the uh, playoff music it's enough Emma, there we go. yeah that's good <laughs> okay great that was a that was a thrill that i'm glad big. i could I, be here to see I, that. I, that that was special yeah thank you i think all the fans in berea ohio are gonna love seeing they're gonna that. be excited to see big that. 60 fans that well you know what yeah. browns fans you know the Cavs people out there they got off the schneid a couple of years ago now you can count yourself on the winning side here at least when it comes to the digital wall of fame don't say you never won anything because now you have do you ever I if you go to browns fans do you ever see people wearing 60 jerseys in in the crowd <laughs> yeah actually I, I, I did it was uh it was pretty impressive actually not related to you up, i'm like wow look at all those 60s <laughs> look at those like, 60s oh, oh hi mom hi <laughs> yeah. dad I'm like oh my whole neighborhood's there yeah. they, got, they started a fan club so for me. so uh, i might be mistaken on this but um i think otto graham I think 60. you're right too. I think you did. So why I, did they give you that? Number? I remember. Why did Otto Graham have sixty? So I, I, I remember saying, "Wow, I'm shocked that sixty hasn't been retired." Otto Graham wore it, but um, yeah. So I did see a, f- a few throwback sixty jerseys, and I'm like, "Yeah, that one's pretty faded." I'm sure <laughs> That's it's probably not, not mine. <laughs> would we, would football be better or worse if you just cut it all loose and said you can do any number you want under a hundred, or you know what, even including a hundred? I think it would probably be a little bit distracting. Mm. You know, I mean, there's some. I'm, I'm sure there's some. You know, big guy that would want a single digit number, and it would just look weird for QB number seven for a 330 pound guy to have just one number in yep. the middle of his jersey. Uh, that would probably look a little a little interesting. I that that one uh, uh, legendary or not legendary, but uh, standout Notre Dame defensive front about like five six years ago. It seems like several of them, including Stefan Tuitt, was one of them who wore a single digit, and it makes yeah. you, it makes it hard to evaluate them. Like, yeah. I, is he going to make it in the NFL? I can't tell because he yeah, has a six on, six, exactly. and I can't tell help. how big he is out there. Yeah, it's, it makes it a little different. Uh, but I don't know. Hey, you know, the, the problem is there are some teams that have retired so many numbers already. They kind of had to stop doing it because now they realize, wow, we you know we we've got nothing of, left. Running out of numbers for guys to wear. Yeah. My favorite one is, I think I've said it on this show before, the Indianapolis Colts um, list of, of retired players or retired numbers and, and um, jerseys and, and that hangs in the rafters sure. when, you, when you're at the Combine is uh, you're like, really? I brought that up. In fact, be careful what you say because Sean O'Hara can turn around. He is working on total access uh, today with one Reggie Wayne, who's soon to join well, the he, Ring I mean, of Honor. He, he will be uh, I mean, he's at a, the top of the Ring of Honor. You guys had him on first, clearly. Oh, I missed Reggie Wayne. Also, has now made the Wall of Fame. What a banner day! Yeah, 
Juice. Losing some of its, you know. Luster. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe too many at once. Mm. Not you, though. No. Don't tell the other fellas I said that. Um, But, yes, Reggie Wayne, it's cool for him. But if you do focus too much on who's in that ring of honor already, it's it's an underwhelming group. It's an underwhelming group. Jim Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Why is is Jim Harbaugh in the Colts ring of honor? His jersey is retired in the ring of honor. Do the Browns not retire jerseys? Because if anybody were going to be retired from that organization, it would be Otto Graham. They must not. Well, I think the one thing you got to kind of differentiate is just because you're in the ring of honor doesn't mean the jerseys retire. True. Right. So so two different can, things. You can be up there and someone yeah. can still wear your jersey. What do the Giants have? Um, in terms of what? Ring of honor? Or do they do retired? they do numbers because they retire yeah, LTs, I, mean, I remember. They retired LTs, um, Harry Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have retired Carl Banks, too. Um, not many 50s. Nobody's left. wearing Strahan. Right. Yeah, the 50s. I mean, if, 50s, you're, a li- if you're a linebacker, there's <laughs> not a lot to pick like, from. I hope you like a 40 number. Yeah, Sam Huff, 70 um, must be must be uh, yeah, Huff, hung, right? Um, no running backs though. I, I think because they'll, they'll never retire Tiki's. No, well they could, but wow, there's going to have to be a lot of water yeah. to come under Landon, that bridge. Landon Collins is wearing that jersey right now too, so that that, make, that makes it tough. Um, oh, it's going to get retired. I think Phil Simms said. I think that that happened. Yeah. Um, Let's see. You would think – did you say Gifford? I think Gifford. Yeah, I think Gifford's retired. Um, and I also think um, – I think Y.A. Tittle, 14, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's retired. That sounds right. So, they've kind of got a lot. they got a lot. All right, let's start there with a little Giants talk. I want to address – I promised on social media that a couple of issues we would address with you. Then we'll get to the latest team on the no playoffs for you list. But uh, let's talk about those Giants, and uh, I'm going to say it to you here and now, face-to-face. I know it's not going to break your heart because, as you mentioned, you are now a former professional athlete, Sean O'Hare, not a current one. Your former team, the New York Giants, is one of the teams that is not going to the playoffs in 2018. How safe? Yeah, they were the first team. Dave Dave has been pulling out teams and saying, of all 32, here are the, here are the teams that are not going to the playoffs. The very first team you picked. I wanted to start with a bang. If I, take, if I take an obvious one, then people are going to be like, oh, well, obviously that team's not. Giants, a lot of people are very high on right now, ignoring their first Definitely seven games not going to the playoffs. Already, I said definitely not going. I said they're not. Well, I listen, know, I mean, Zeke he, I, Elliott and Dak Prescott both get hurt and uh, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles both get hurt, then maybe I'll change my opinion. But until that happens, yes, the Giants are definitely not going to the playoffs. I think the NFC East is, is always been one of those divisions that the favorite always ends up stumbling. Right. And the team that nobody really thought was going to be great ends up winning the division. Eagles are case in point. They were worst two year, in the division two years ago. They went from worst to first, won, won the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I would disagree with you about the Giants. Um and I think when you when I look at look everybody will say oh my gosh Saquon Barkley and you know they're they're going to be so much better offensively now. I just look at the the attitude that has changed in that building. I look at the way the offense has completely changed. I don't think the offense for the New York Giants for the last three years was built to win that division. And when you look at their mm. philosophy, their their lack of a run game, they couldn't close games out. You can't not run the ball in the first three quarters and then mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter decide suddenly get it. Good. Hey, we're going to go form an offense and and wear the clock out. The Giants were in a lot of games over the last few years and had a lead in a lot of games and then lost them. And you can blame the defense if you want. I blame the offense for putting the defense back out there, and it's because they did not have a physical offense. When you look at bringing in Nate Solder, drafting Will Hernandez. 
Um, I think Rhett Ellison is going to be better utilized in this offense because they're going to have much more eye formation, you know, single bag, more play action passing, more down the field throwing from Eli. That, that's more his forte. Um, I think this offense is going to be completely different. So I, I think for the Giants, to me, the big question mark I have with them is their defense. They're going from a 4-3 to a 3-4 defense. Completely different personnel. Now you've got two stand-up linebackers on the edge and in a Sam and a Will linebacker. And they've got to be able to drop in coverage. They've got to be able to cover a back out of the backfield. So it's a little bit different. We're going to see Olivier Vernon standing up, not with his hand in the ground. Um, I think from the inside standpoint, that's why they went out and got Alec Ogletree, who I think is kind of flowing under the radar in that division. He's a stud linebacker. Um, I think he's going to be a big factor in that defense, kind of getting back to what they were two years ago. So uh, I think for the Giants – you know, really for them and everybody I've talked to on the team, they just can't wait. Like, I, I, they can't wait to get the season going because they just want to put last year behind them. And rarely ever are players chomping at the bit to get to camp and to get the season, season started. But I know that team is, is really eager to get out there. And, um, and and I feel like it's just got such a different – it's so much more of a of a business-like and professional approach on, on, on so many accounts, definitely on both sides of the ball. Dave, you're looking pretty stupid now, Dave. If you don't I mean, we're, so. st- we're still in July, right? Well, okay, but more <laughs> stupid than more stupid than ever. Yeah, you, know, you know what? I mean, I we've I've, never I, done it before, but we can. I, you know, I do I have you. the power <laughs> so, to so, ask Emma VP to take that off the wall. But but here's here's the interesting thing: when you look at the NFC East, it might be the most competitive division in the league right now. And when you bring in Alex Smith now to Washington, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that we've ever said in the last three years, "Wow, hey, Washington is a real threat." You know, Kirk Cousins, I mean, people, you know, he's like vanilla ice cream. People love him or hate him. They're, they're not really sure where they sit on mm-hmm. that. And I think – but you look at Alex Smith, look, the kid can win. And I think he's much more athletic and much more mobile than anybody gives him credit for. So now you look at that division, you've got three really mobile quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, provided he's healthy, and now Alex Smith. That's really hard for defenses to, to all of a sudden now have to – we've got to study the read option. We've got to take reps on that. We've got to figure out if the quarterback's going to be out of the pocket moving around. So uh, that, that division, when you look at it from a, a defense now who we're going against – I think it's remarkably different. How about Sean O'Hare? He walks in like a ball of fire. He's I love fire, it. I love it. I, imbued with the newfound confidence. Now that his jersey hangs alongside some of the I'm greats sure that's of the what 21st put him over century. The, put him Even over though the it's top. a Browns jersey. Right. And we're talking Giants. That's all right. All right. That, yeah. that shows your versatility, man. Yeah. That's so maybe, all you can use. Maybe, maybe I'll get a second one. What do they call you? A swing lineman when you were with the Giants? So you could do the center thing. You could do a little guard, right? You could... um, yeah, I was a swinger. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See? You want to throw it out. I don't out. think Leaners, you can say that. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> you could say that. Now, Especially listen. What about – here's the legitimate question for you. Bill Belichick is the example that jumps to mind here. But any number of coaches – didn't exactly thrive in their first stop as an NFL head coach, but then did succeed beyond that. It does, though. There is there is something that looms for me, which is that some guys are just better off as coordinators, and that's not to diminish them. I mean, yeah. they you know they're yeah. they're better tacticians than they are. I know it's not rah rah in the locker room in NFL anymore, but you know the the what you think of some Newt Rockney type fire up speech before the big game, whatever. Is Pat Shermer that guy though? Because that was the knock on him was that he just wasn't the he wasn't a leader of men in his first go around. I think everybody's better the second time they do anything. Um, the one thing that I've I've really been impressed with Shermer is he his ability to communicate with with people. Um, he's been very proactive with it. I, I got a text message uh, the week of the Super Bowl 
Shermer had just been hired, and it was an unknown number. It was Pat Shermer. Hmm. He texted me. He went out of his way, got his phone, got my phone number, texted me. I ended up calling him back. We talked. I found out that he did that with a bunch of former Giant players, guys that he just wanted to connect with and just say, look, you're a part of this organization. You're a part of the franchise. I, I want to bring everybody full circle. And I think – I don't think he did that in Cleveland. I think he's just kind of learned, hey, this is the way that you kind of build an army, build a team. Mm-hmm. And he's learned how to gain momentum with that. So – I think he's much better off uh, than he was in Cleveland. You think about Bill Belichick, you brought him up, so I'll bring him up. He failed miserably in Cleveland. He was a head coach. He got fired. I mean, p- people were talking about him. He might not ever get another head coaching job mm-hmm. again. It's Cleveland, so you you know you kind of take that with a grain of salt with, with Pat Shermer and what he had around him there. But I think when everything you've heard Gettleman say about him, about how professional he was and how – you know, no nonsense he was. I think that's really what that locker room needs right now, and I think he's been good for them. So um, I, I think when you look at the talent he's surrounded himself with from a coaching standpoint, um, I think they're in pretty good hands. And, and I think the fact that he doesn't have to worry about the quarterback position, every head coach in Cleveland since they came back as the Browns has had to worry about who is our quarterback. Are we going to be consistent? Who's it going to be? Is he is he our guy for the long term? And they're still trying to figure that out. You know, I mean, they've how many times have they drafted a quarterback in the first round since they came back? It's interesting you say that because maybe that is part of Gettleman's analysis on draft day in uh, in Dallas when all of a sudden the news breaks. Wait, Baker Mayfield's going one? Wow, that opens up some things that we didn't think were going to be there last week. They could have gone Darnold. They could have gone mm-hmm. Rosen. And uh, instead, that was that partially maybe to help uh, Shermer in his uh, in his first go round. Well, I, I think because that would that was... be a controversy if you had Darnold there behind thirty eight year old Eli, there would be some percentage of Gents fans saying, "Put in the kid, and it's enough with the yeah. old guy." Well, I, I think I think any head coach will tell you that the last thing they want to have to deal with is a quarterback controversy, and that can be. A number of different ways. Either we don't have a starting quarterback, so now we've got quarterback controversy because one of these guys has to has to win it in training camp, or we've got a quarterback and then we've got a young gun who everybody's pining for. Now, as soon as as soon as our starting quarterback has a bad game, the fans are chanting for this. Now we've got to deal with it. It's just a lot of distraction. So uh, I'm sure that that was an aspect of of hey, what are we looking at? But to have the best player in the draft, Saquon Barkley, land and right in your in your lap at number two. I think that was a no Yeah, how to turn that down. Yeah, but uh, you mentioned the coordinator aspect of it. I think to a lot of – I've been around a lot of coaches. When they become a head coach, they were great as a coordinator. They loved to tease guys. They were kind of – they were fun. They kind of – they didn't have to be the disciplinarian. They're kind of like the fun uncle. Hey, here's my crazy uncle. Hey, we're going to go out to a game, and, you know, he's going to get me, a, you know, a, a burger and a beer or maybe some ice cream. or You know, he's going to – that's fun. That's cool. Well – all of a sudden, when it's got to be your dad, now it's different. Now he's got to discipline you. A lot of coordinators are really good guys. They're awesome guys. They become a head coach, and everything gets tight. <laughs> and now it's like, <laughs> why couldn't you be Save that guy? sound effect for future <laughs> reference there, MOVP. You know what it goes you know, for. It, it, you, you, at the head coach, now that they got to drop the hammer on guys, they kind of change and they can morph, and, and I think that's why you see a lot of guys struggle with that. Actually. Interesting. Now, were you – I completely agree with the move by Shermer. That's the wise thing to do if you're with a storied franchise like that. The Rams, when they moved to St. Louis, made a mistake of sort of turning their backs on all the L.A. Right. Ram legends, which, is you know, that's uh, – why would you do that when you 
you have, like I say, a rich history to lean on and bring yeah. in those those guys that accomplish things. Were you disappointed, though, that when you found out that Shermer didn't send the text only to you? Oh, I guess I'm not. I thought it was just me, Pat. <laughs> what do you mean found out? Oh, you, you, you no, did it to I, everybody? Oh, David Deal got one too, huh? No. I guess I don't feel so special I, anymore. As soon as I saw that it was him, I knew that he was – you know, he was rounding the troops. Snee got one. On. Yeah, it's Snee uh, got it too. I think it's it's one of those things that you know what? If I was in his position, I would have done the same. thing. I think it's a great move. I, yeah, I do. Shout to all those guys. Hey, real quick, fellas, let's go around here and uh, starting with the New York Football Giants. Uh, O'Hara mentioned some big names that have now arrived. Alec Ogletree is uh, is a pretty big one as far as I'm concerned to steady a defense like he did uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Handsome, I start with you. Mm-hmm. The biggest addition, we're going to go by team for the Giants. Go. I'm going to go with Nate Solder just because it's been a would. problem position for so long. How can that, like having that guy to come in and just you know that that's a piece you can slot in and, and he's going to do the job that no one else was able to do for the last few years. I think, and, and to Sean's point around the running game, it's only gonna. I like it. The only issue I have with Nate Solder is, and I'm certainly not an expert, as you know, O'Hare. I always say I'm not so pretentious as to claim I can evaluate 300-pound men who lean on other 300-pound men as well as you can. You live life outside the hash marks. I, I, listen, I'm not, I, I, I could pretend. Not, I could be a phony and claim I know yeah. what it is, I, mm-hmm. but I don't. I, I defer to you. It's hard to evaluate. It's a sea of humanity in there. I can see if the overall line is good or bad. And that's pretty easy to deduce by just watching the movement of the overall line. Is it moving back or right. or forward? The individual is though, the quarterback is, on I his love, back on the ground. I love I love when I love when schnooks are like, oh yeah, Anthony Munoz, greatest left tackle all the time. Based on what? Because other people told you that you have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> right? You do. He's, I mean, he's arguably one of the best. You yeah. understand, but I'm For saying sure. schnooks yeah. when they start yeah. in with that business, I laugh. Now, Nate Solder. I don't know, based on the evaluations that I've heard from many people in your position, and there are not that many of you who can speak intelligibly about it, Nate Solder, where does he rank? Is he some sort of Pro Bowl level level left tackle? Seems like some people say no. Yeah, he is. Um, He's got got Pro Bowl skill. Um, Actually, it's funny because I feel like he's gotten a deduction because he plays with Brady. Hmm. Everybody says, well, it's it's Brady. Oh, that's the Patriots. So he – Brady gets yeah, the ball. That's what I hear. That's exactly what people say. And I tell you, Nate Solder, for as big of a guy as he is, he looks like Drago. Like he, he's yeah. that big, and I mean, he's he, he's ripped up. I mean, he's 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 lean, but he he's so athletic. And I think one of the biggest assets that he has going for him is he's he's got those go-go gadget arms. And at left tackle, if you are going to play that position, these guys are so athletic. They're so strong and yet fast. You've got to be able to punch. You've got to be able to engage them away from your body. You can't let them get into you. And that's what Nate Solder's done a great job of. So uh, I'm with you on that. He's the first bona fide left tackle they've had there in a long time. You know, Eric Flowers has has been a mess. Um, You know, moving him to right tackle hopefully will help him out a little bit. But even before that, you know, Will Beattie was an athletic tackle, but he was not a physical guy at all. Nate Solder, he's a really good pass blocker. I'd say he's an elite pass blocking left tackle. He doesn't get enough credit for how good he is in the run. And so I, that's why I think him next to Will Hernandez. I was just going to say, that I'll, just to change it up, I'll say Will Hernandez based on what people say, the nasty and all that kind of stuff. What you said about the, what the NFC East football is, it seems like he suits that M.O. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I mean he, he just wants to punish people. And you know what? That You need that. You, you, you need offensive linemen that, that want to 
grind people in the ground. They want to drop a people's elbow on somebody every single play. If you don't have that mentality, then you're not going to be able to survive 16 weeks. And you've got to inflict punishment on the defense. So if you don't have that mindset, it's not just all of a sudden going to happen on Sunday. So uh, I like those two guys. I think there's two guys that I'd love to just mention real quick that I think are under the radar when it comes to the Giants with with what they did this offseason. Patrick Romame, they signed him from Jacksonville. Now, he was free because Jacksonville went after um, Andrew Norwell. Uh, the guard for Carolina, but I think Patrick Omame is a really good guard, and I think he was kind of under flew under the radar a little bit in free agency. I think he's going to add some more uh, physicality and and, and girth. Um, and then it's funny because Saquon Barkley is electric, he's explosive, and it's all everybody's focusing on. But I really think Jonathan Stewart is going to be huge for the Giants. Now, when I say huge, I'm not saying he's going to rush for a thousand yards, but When's the last time they had a veteran running back in that room? When's the last time they had somebody that, you know what, when we're running the four-minute offense or, you know what, we it's third and one, we need somebody that we know can get a yard. Jonathan Stewart is that guy. And so you drafted the kid in Barkley. You've got Jonathan Stewart, the veteran, who was like Tiki Barber when we drafted Brandon Jacobs mm-hmm. and Ahmad Bradshaw, can kind of show them, show them the ropes a little bit, teach them about protections and blitzes. I think Jonathan Stewart, he, his – his payoff may not be on the field. It may be off the field, but I really think that he's going to also take the pressure off of Saquon. Saquon, John the Stewart is the starting running back, if you ask me. Hmm. Week one, he's the starting running back. You bring Saquon in, and I think Jonathan Stewart has got a lot of tread left on his tire, so I think he's kind of a guy that's flying under the radar for them. That's a it's a great point because you get Saquon. Well, obviously they get Jonathan Stewart before they get Saquon, but you, I would imagine there are plenty of franchises out there would say, oh, we needed a running back. Well, we got Saquon. Uh, problem solved. But, of course, uh, 21st century attrition is uh, as a Well, look at Alvin Kamara. You know right. what I mean? Guys Mark go down. Jonathan Stewart's good when he's healthy. He has and, been yeah. good throughout his career. And then you look at last year, the Carolina Panthers draft to Christian McCaffrey. Well, Jonathan Stewart was still the starting running back. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey came in and was kind of that, you know, change the pace guy. And you know who their offensive coordinator was in Carolina last year? Mike Shula. You know the quarterback coach. I, is I don't understand why Mike Giants? Shula gets such get, gets such grief. He did great things. He he, great. Mm-hmm. he cut Cam loose. He let Cam be Cam. I suspect he's not going to ask Eli to play similarly to uh, to Cam. Is there anybody? Won't, won't be much read option. Do you think <laughs> won't be a though, lot of quarterback draw on the five? I guarantee you that. Is there one thing because it is a you know talk about uh, beauties in the eye of the beholder? You and I agree. I think all three of us agree. Eli's destined to for a gold jacket and the cynics be damned he's going to the hall of fame right handsome you agree with me on that yeah i'm not i mean i'm not totally convinced well i think he's i think i, mean, I think he is him. i think i mean like on on the basis that yes if you win two super bowls you get a gold jacket well, especially yes, against is. brady and the numbers that yeah. he's going to have when he retires it's going to be hard to argue against it but either way eli to me is the number one of a capable quarterback i'm not talking about some bum no matter what situation you put him into Eli is the is the would be good quarterback as long as you keep him clean. If you if he gets heat, he's he's gonna really struggle. Fair, not not, not his strong point, right? I mean, uh, and so I mean, you got to start. Although there. although he did it against the Patriots in Super Bowl forty two, evading the rush is not on not one his favorite play. thing to but, do. But but again, sixty was helping. Say him. the same thing about Peyton. You say the sure. same thing about Brady. A lot of you know, a lot of they're, they're, they're not they're not mobile. You got to yeah. give him a pocket. The problem is he didn't even have a pocket. So to your point, I think when you look at kind of the last couple of years and, and how Eli and that offense has looked bad at times, Eli will never say it. He'll never say, man, you know what? Like, uh, I mean, uh, like I, this ball has to come out sooner than it's, than, than it's supposed to because 
somebody's getting beat, whether it's my tackle, whether it's a tight mm-hmm. end, whether it's, you know, somebody up front. Um, so it's been really hard to, to, to watch that and to see all that. But when you look at this Giants offense right now, Evan Ingram at tight end. It should be Sterling it Shepard should be crazy. Odubak. This might be the most talented team Eli has ever had around him. Right. I, I, I agree uh, with this, you, except yeah. I temper everybody should temper their enthusiasm by referring back to I don't mean uh, a decade ago. Last year. One year ago. Last it was, year. Oh, I yeah. lose how is anybody gonna stop this offense? Brandon Marshall. But, yeah, Brandon but the, Marshall but the difference is that line. Line with, So you've yes. got you've got on that offensive line, you've got three new starters. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, and possibly a, a, a new center because John Jalapio and Brett Jones are are fighting for the center job too. So so f- so let's say it's three, maybe it's four. How how easy is it for that unit to gel? Because individually, you might be really excited about Will Hernandez, really yeah. excited about Nate Solder, really excited about Eric Flowers as a right tackle, or more excited about him as a right tackle than a left tackle. But how easy is that for? Yeah, it's not easy. It it definitely takes time, and I think that's one of the biggest keys in training camp is going to be how do we let's figure out our best five and let's get them starting and playing as quick as as possible possible. we can't have guys rotating in like they've had in the last few years so that chemistry aspect is going to be big but it's funny because rich eisen ran i ran into him right before um training in training camp last year not familiar with that name and he uh he's oh oh, no i know i do know who that i'm sorry i I see him on tv i do do. i'm sorry long hair i got it i know i'm up to speed great head hair i know um right you might remember from the Marriott Courtyard commercial. That's the guy. That's exactly yeah. who I was thinking of. Yeah. And um, that CBS show. Yes. <laughs> no. I don't remember I don't what it was called. I don't know what you're talking about, but all right. So he, it was a TV show. He, we were talking about that last oh, I year. I thought he had a Man, sitcom or something. It, I didn't know. He all said, right. I, I'm picking the Giants. You know, I think they're a favorite, to, not just to win the division. He was saying they might be a Super Bowl favorite. Oh, and come he on. said, tell, you know, kind of tell me why. And I said, you know what? I'm with you on that. I said, my biggest fear is the offensive line. I said, I said, I don't trust them. And it's not just the starting five. It's that they don't have any depth. So we actually had that conversation. So to your point, a lot of people, even last year in training camp, I remember being there that first week or second week or whatever, and Odell was just making ridiculous catch after ridiculous catch, and Brandon Marshall was was eating up safeties and corners. And and uh, I remember talking to someone, they said, man, we haven't seen an offense this look good in training look, look hmm. this good in training camp this early. Uh, in a long time, and then the wheels fell off. Yeah, people That's before forget you have to do the any. other side. Yeah. They're going to resist yeah. you from the other exactly. side. Hey, uh, okay, before we move to the other three teams here, real quick, one last question. How do you think – you know, again, we don't know health, but let's assume perfect health on both sides. What do you imagine the scenario – how do you think it goes down in uh, the Meadowlands? Week one, Tom Coughlin and the Jaguars roll into the town. That's the first thing that makes me think – Giants are in trouble because he's gonna because aren't the Jags gonna come in there and just break their will like just gonna they're they're gonna send the message to the NFL we're back and we're gonna be more dominant this year than we were last year. Uh, it's gonna be, I tell you what, there's gonna be so many different emotions going on in that stadium because for Tom to come back, you know, and he's not the head coach he's on the sideline, he'll be sure. up in the press box, but you know everybody knows and they're aware there are. I mean, there's still so many Giants fans that love Tom. So it's it's going to be a Tom love fest. Mm. But um, two teams that had totally different styles, really. And when you look at offensively, Jacksonville, they just want to beat you up. So, I, I'm, I mean, that game is, is going to be very interesting because this Giants defense, we just kind of hit on it briefly. They're switching. And I always feel like whenever you go from a 4-3 to a 3-4, those first couple of weeks of the season – Everybody's still trying to figure it out. Preseason games, yeah. Look, you're, you're not. Nobody's running exotic plays. It's it's very rudim, you know, very elementary. And and 
I think when you look at at how many times defenses struggle, the mental errors, they happen a lot in preseason, but they happen a lot in the first couple of weeks. So um, that, that could get ugly quick. I mean, Jacksonville could – you know, just, you know, Leonard Fournette. Could It'll be awfully deflating him. for what is currently an optimistic fan yeah. base in New York. But also, if Eli and company show, oh, this isn't the 2017 version and knock the Jags down, that's going to be a fascinating right. story. Just However remember, that one winds up just, is great. Just remember this, right? Because when week one comes around, what everybody's going to be talking about is Jalen Ramsey versus Odell Beckham. Yeah, right. Ooh, I, mean, I didn't I mean, think about that, that part. That is going to be – That's a matchup. I mean, because, you know, Jalen Ramsey loves to talk, you know what, and, I mean, this is like Josh Norman versus Odell a couple of years ago when he was in Carolina. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, you saw what – I mean, he got A.J. Green to swing on him. You know, I mean, A.J. Green I – I don't think anybody thought A.J. Green would, would ever swing. Um, Odell can occasionally get emotional about things as well. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard he yeah. can get a little – you <laughs> so, know, he can yep. get a little, a little fiery. All right, let's do the next. Best addition to the world champions named Eagles. Uh, Michael Bennett. I agree. That's I who agree I suggest, too. too, because that's already their position of strength, even right. more so than QB, probably. They led the league in quarterback hits last year. Now they add Haloti Nada and Michael Bennett? My goodness, keep it's Keep cycling crazy. defensive linemen through there. Yeah. Um, I, who needs defensive backs? Just put all those guys on the field and say, get, out, get it out of your hand before we bury you, QB. So I think the other guy, you know, Mike Wallace, you know, we'll be interesting to see what, what he can bring to that just because – that that offense, the Tory Smith role, basically, yeah, right. But but I think he he's faster than Tory, um, you know. And I think that to having that vertical threat, you know, that that offense did such a great job of kind of spreading him out, attacking the middle of the field with Zach Ertz, and then all of a sudden, you know, kind of hitting you with, with one deep. The emphasis so, with him though is always on threat because. You know, you go yeah. in. He's a he's a vertical threat, but in, in terms of actually making plays, yeah, there was a time he was not bad. The the thing, oh, he can't go over the middle. But they did. He, you know, they were delivering him the ball in stride. Roethlisberger was in his best days, right? With Pittsburgh. But since then, I mean, we're yeah. t- we're talking seven years ago. The yeah. one the one thing that is interesting to me is is that Legarrette Blunt leaving could end up being a big void. Now I know that hmm. you know they they. Um, you know, they picked up the running back Ajayi um, from in Miami, but the Eagles led the league in runs over 10 yards last year. I don't think anybody really even talked about mm-hmm. that much, but it was ridiculous the amount of big runs they had, and the Garrett Blunt had a lot of them. So hmm. uh, that could be a, a t- he could be a tough guy to replace if uh, you know if Ajayi can't carry the load. Interesting note there, uh, the Washington Redskins. You mentioned Alex Smith. Is that who you're going to stay with for their uh, most uh, important addition? Um, yeah, Alex Smith. I mean, I think that's kind of the low-hanging fruit, but I think sure. Orlando Skandrick could be a big pickup for them. Um, hmm. I look at the Red, the Redskins secondary has been, you know, I mean, look, they went out and got Josh Norman a, a year or so ago because their secondary was you know, a weak a weakness. And I think Skandrick, you kind of you pair him with Josh Norman. I, I think that's that's a, that's a pretty good looking, um, you know, threat right there at corner. Skandrick can move inside too and play the slot. So I think that could be a really big pickup for that defense. Handsome? I would say I, I agree on Smith, but I would say what made Alex Smith look so good last season was the addition of Kareem Hunt. And, you know, from the get-go, he was fantastic even in that opening game. I think having Darius Geis in the backfield with him. If you like makes, watching your SEC football, yeah, Darius Geis he was, jumps out right. most uh, most Saturdays when you're watching. Exactly. If he, if he can uh, play at that level – in uh, the NFC East, he could be a dangerous addition there. While Saquon Barkley gets the headlines, let's uh, let's go to uh, down to Dallas. Still inexplicably in the East, yes. And yet, 
I still think the biggest rival for the other three teams. I know Eagles and Giants people will tell you that each other is their biggest foe, but it's the Cowboys that uh, that that star obscures all else in uh, in the NFL universe, or at least in the NFC East most seasons. This season, though, handsome Hank, I start with you. Best they addition. A, they had a very un-Cowboys offseason. Well, everybody says that, but except that that's exactly what uh, Jer has done for the last five years is make mostly sound personnel choices. Right, but normally there's a splash somewhere in there of some type, and it's a very <clears throat> uncow. I'd say Earl Thomas, the the impending arrival of Earl Thomas, might be the move. But I yeah, guess yeah, that, that's true. I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure what what here. Um, Alan Hearns, they need another receiver. Is he the? Is his addition pretty really underwhelming? Gonna, it's pretty he's, underwhelming. Now number one, I don't know. They, they, um, they definitely. We saw what happened when, uh, when their, when their tackles aren't available, the guys that they want. So I guess having Connor Williams as a, as a, um, early pick in the draft is something that that helps them going forward because they don't have to worry about losing a guy so much. Fair. I mean that Tyron Smith, the replacement. I can't remember the guy's name, but he he embarrassed himself on national Chaz. TV. Chaz. His name was Chaz Green. Chaz Green. <laughs> and he got, right. he got nunchucked. Yeah, he really did. It wasn't, Chaz Green. It wasn't good. Chaz got nunchucked on and, live and, TV. And so I guess having not having to put Chaz out there again is is, is good news. All right, O'Hara. Um, i tell you, the, the Cowboys are really um, exercising the saying addition by subtraction mm-hmm. this offseason. Because really, that I mean, no Des Bryant, no Jason Witten. Um that you, you look really, at, that's addition by subtraction. Uh, no, no, I'm saying they're exercising Des, it. Right. They're, they're hoping that that right, is the see. case. Okay. They're seeing if it works. They're they, hoping, don't, they don't know. They don't know. That by subtracting these right. players, that it, it will actually equal a positive. Um, I think Alan Hearns and Deontay Thompsons are, are good. They're good wide receivers. Really what this does, though, when you look at what they're doing in the, from the passing standpoint, they're putting a lot of pressure on Dak. And, and look, last year it was, well, hey, maybe it's Dez's fault. He's not on the same page. He's not listening. He's not running the right routes. Or he can only run three routes, as somebody said. Um, I think when you look at this now, it's, okay, the offense is going to look different. Um, I think a lot more pressure is on Dak. But I look at the Cowboys. They're building this team to look a lot like the team that won the Super Bowls in the 90s. They had the wall the offensive line, Emmett Smith, and then obviously, you know, with, with, with Irv, the playmaker. I don't know that they have an Irvin, but they've got Ezekiel Elliott, and they have what I think could be the best offensive line in the league this year. Now, you look at just on paper, they have basically five first-round picks in their offensive line. Sure. There's a lot of teams that maybe have one. But, you know, you mentioned Tyron Smith, first-rounder. Travis Frederick, first-rounder. Zach Martin, first-rounder. Just got, you know, highest-paid guard. Mm-hmm. Just got got a contract, well-deserved, too, by the way. Lyle Collins uh, might have been a first-rounder. Lyle Collins, if it hadn't been for the right. the um, the ex-girlfriend, um, the, the tragic case with that coming out, like literally days before the draft, he would have been a first-rounder. Connor Williams, a lot of people had him as the second-best tackle in the draft, so he could have been a first-rounder. He They pick him up in the second round. So they've got all those guys, and to your point, they really realized we had no depth. When they lost Ron Leary to free agency um, to the Denver Broncos last year, they realized we really don't have a sixth man. So they signed Cam Fleming from the Patriots. So now they've got assurances if something happens to Tyron Smith. Um, and I think Connor Williams, even if he plays guard initially, he's gonna, he could end up being the left tackle in the future for them if, if Tyron Smith um, shuts it down in a couple of years. So that offensive line, I look at them and I say they might run the ball 35 times a game. 
They might have to. They might you say they say, don't have a Michael Levin. I don't think they have an Alvin Harper either. Well, no. I, I think I, – I tell you what. I think Cole Beasley is very underrated. Um, you know, I, I think some of these other guys can, can be very he's good fine, receivers. But, he's not, but, but Cole Beasley's not going to be a 100 catcher. But, but I think to, to, to your point about defensively, Till he gets to they don't New have anybody on defense that really scares you. Demarcus Lawrence is the one guy. But – you know, we've got a couple more weeks from the training camp, so that means at least three more D linemen are going to get suspended. Van Der Esch is a moose. Van Der Esch is a giant for a for a so, linebacker. Yeah, so I like I like Van Der Esch and Sean Lee if he's healthy. I mean, those guys are good players, but for the Cowboys, if they're going to win games, they're going to have to run the ball thirty five times, keep their defense fresh and off the field. And that's their formula. Awesome stuff. Uh, Sean O'Hare and Handsome Hank. Let's wrap it up very quickly here because I promised I would, and uh, I'm not one to jive. Uh, MVP, it's time for the latest team to make the dreaded no playoffs for you list. Joining the New York Giants, who now I'm admittedly wavering on after Sean O'Hara's impassioned speech. I think you'd be you made to look very stupid again. Oh, well, we'll see, and handsome. I, well, we don't know. Well played. Why man. is it that you always want whoever's sitting to because your left the, to because love you that, so because much? it's nothing to do with that. Because I don't get a word in edgeways when when they're not here, and then then you're like, oh, well, I'll listen to this guy because oh, it's Sean O'Hara. Willie McGinnis, do you agree? I love with Browns me? players. I oh, love Browns players. Sean O'Hara, you say such smart stuff. Well, every I mean, time. look, I mean, he's going back. I you know, love. To God's You're country, brilliant. you know, an Englishman, an Irishman. Right. That's really what are you? McGinnis, what are you? What are you, Dutch? Team Israel. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm uh, Russian and uh, Serbian. Dutch? Russian and Serbian. That's right. Hmm. Now listen to Does me. Does that make you an herb? Who else did uh, I? Herb? I, I, I don't have to Sir, stand for that. Herb? Uh, now listen quickly. Emma VP. You ready with the music? I'm Who are ready. the other teams? The Colts, the, the Giants. Hawks. And the Seahawks. Those are three big name three teams. Three big teams. Because they ain't wow. going to the playoffs. Uh, this one is going to be underwhelming, but I'm going to say it nonetheless. I'm sorry. From the NFC South, you got the Saints, you got the Panthers, and you got the Falcons, who are going to be very good this year. Sorry, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No playoffs for you. That's it. Hey, O'Hara, congratulations on the big honor there, man. We're all proud of you. I appreciate it, yeah. We appreciate you. You earned it, friend. I I feel pretty honored that not only am I up there, but I also have graphics on my jersey, which definitely – No one else has got that. That stands out. Cinema verite. That's what we like to do. Um, All right, great stuff, Sean O'Hara. Thanks so much. Make sure you check out O'Hara on Total Access and be on the lookout for a new song, perhaps set to the tune of Eye of the the Tiger. Tiger and Handsome Hank, of course. Traveling the world over to spread the good word. Safe flight about on our Thursday great night. game of football. Thanks, Best Thank wishes you. to the three lions. I hope they're still alive when you're on the grounds there. That'd be that fun be to be fun. there for that one. All right, we'll talk to you Thursday. Till then, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.